about a year after I started the magazine, it just took off worldwide. There was so many people like me that wanted to find out what was going on in the industry. All the writers that were coming up, all the artists, all the new characters, or the new comic books that were coming out. And it just really struck a nerve with people. And also because I was straight out of college. What a great opportunity. Garib Shamus, you are amazing. I feel like whatever you have touched throughout your life just became super successful. You made so many nerds feel super special by creating this world of superheroes, celebrities and fantastic characters. Most importantly, through these big parties, the Comic Cons, to make them feel connected, to make them feel that they're part of a bigger community. You are the founder of ACE Comic Cons in the United States. You founded The Wizard Entertainment. You produced several televised MMA fights with partners Fox Sports, Networks and My Network TV. You're also the owner of the Pivot Gallery in New York City. And you are a well-established artist in America and Europe. And you just recently had another show in Los Angeles. This is so inspiring. And I'm very excited to hear more about your story, how you became so successful. And what you think was your biggest milestone. And maybe what kind of advice you would have for other people who would love to get started in a similar industry. But yeah, Garrett, would you like to introduce yourself first? Yeah, hi, I'm Garib. So thank you for the very warm introduction there. Um, yeah, I, I have a, a lot of stuff that I've done in my life. Uh, a lot of it is really surrounded around building communities about things that people are very passionate about. So that's at the core of everything that I've done. I grew up, when I was a kid, I grew up more into into sports cards. And then I kind of migrated into comics. But I always loved like the comic books like uh, Richie Rich and Archie and things like that. And then I kind of grew into this magazine called Mad Magazine. And so when I was in college, my mom would send me stacks of comic books and I would read the comic books and I knew what was going on in the comic book world, but I didn't know what was going on with the artists and the writers and what was coming up with the characters. So when I graduated college, it was uh, back in 1990, I couldn't get a job. The economy was really bad. So I wound up working in the card store in the comic shop and I started a newsletter with the guy that actually, you know, ran the comic book section of the of the comic book store. And uh, and so we started this newsletter and it became so popular. We started selling a lot more comic books that I decided to turn that into a magazine called Wizard. About a year after I started the magazine, it just took off worldwide. There was so many people like me that wanted to find out what was going on in the industry, all the writers that were coming up, all the artists, all the new characters or the new comic books that were coming out. And it just really struck a nerve with people. And also because I was straight out of college and the guy I was working with was uh, literally a teenager as well. It, it just, it became like we wrote it as if we were writing it for our friends. It was one of those things where You know, it was like your best friend telling you what you should be looking at or what you should be reading or what they like or what they don't like. And and that's what really resonated with people. And it, the magazine just took off around the world. And by the mid-1990s, we were doing about three, 400,000 copies wow. a month just in English. Yeah, it was in about 75 countries. We were in a dozen plus languages. Um, and yeah, that's when, by the mid-90s, that's when everything changed because... Uh, Then I was like, okay, well, 
how do I have a party for all the people that we work with, right? We worked with all the publishers, all the artists, all the writers. There were some celebrities that were in the business. And we wanted to throw one big party. So we decided to throw a party. We called it Comic-Con, <laughs> short for Comic Convention. We did it in Chicago. And 20,000 people That's showed up. Incredible. And it was this magical moment because back in those days, you know, being a geek or a nerd, you really felt like a loser or a loner. And then when you show up at this event and you see 20,000 people that are like yourself, you really feel like there's a sense of community out there. And that's what changed everything. That, that just all of a sudden, you know, everybody felt like they were part of something much bigger. And, uh, and it really, it really kind of catapulted everything that we did. That's super impressive. Uh, guys like Stan Lee would come to my show. When you had somebody like Stan, who was like the godfather of, of kind of the whole superhero That's really world. Impressive. Um, you know, yeah, it was incredible. And then you had a lot of people from the media business. You have, uh, you had CEOs, you had big celebrities. Um, but then also, you know, you also have some of the biggest actors in the world. So when you have, uh, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and Tom Holland and Gal Gadot and people like that come to your event. Um, it really sets the stage for this, you know, this just kind of global uh, acceptance. And uh, and I mean, and we're talking about literally having tens of thousands of artists and writers and illustrators and actors and influencers there. Um, it's just too hard to name. But, you know, those are some of the few. Um, one in particular that was an iconic moment for us was um, was back when uh, Christopher Nolan took wow. over the Batman films. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. And they were shooting his first film. They were shooting the first film in Chicago. And we were able to work out something with Warner Brothers where they could show the first uncut footage from that film. So Christopher Nolan was there. And then Christian Bale was there. <laughs> And Gary Oldman and, you know, a whole bunch of people from the cast and crew were there and they showed the footage. And then, I, I mean, I never heard people yell and scream and stand on top of their chairs as much as that moment in time, you know, when, when people were witnessing, you know, this extraordinary history taking place. This is so incredible. I mean, you have really organized conventions that provide very, very unique experiences for fans and for people who are in your community, as you would call it, right? That's really yeah. impressive. Yeah. May I ask you, and how have you approached to create these unique experiences for the people who attended your event? What was really important to you to make sure that everyone is enjoying um, their experiences when they can meet their superheroes that they were reading about the whole time? So uh, the biggest part of it is what I call like acceptance, you know, and we didn't care who you are, where you came from, what you look like, you were going to be part of this community. And, and that's really what made it so inviting and what made it grow actually all around the world. My brother and I have produced 180 Comic-Cons. We've had 5 million people in person at the events and more importantly, have really impacted hundreds of millions, if not even into the billions of people out there. And a lot of it was because, you know, we just accepted for who you were. And if you wanted to come in costume, we made it really fun and exciting. And we made it not only do, do, were you not embarrassed by wearing your costume, it was actually encouraged because everybody wanted to take their picture with you. Right. And it didn't matter 
whether you were in the space or not, whether you were what you did as a career, what your what your socioeconomic background was, whether you're a male, a, you know, a woman or a guy. It's like it just didn't matter. You know, you were you were coming to the show and we were going to make sure that you had a great time. And that's really what worked. I think that's very, very beautiful. I can learn so much from you. I already know that. And I'm super excited to hear more about this. Yeah, that was it. We all had a common passion for superheroes and 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 characters, and this was going to be the place to celebrate it. And we weren't going to let anybody interfere with that. That was the mission. And what that did too was, you know, back in the earliest days, uh, being a geek or a nerd uh, was was not a uh, you know it wasn't like a badge of honor. It was actually you know something that you know people made fun of you for that and. When people came to these events and these Comic-Cons and they saw a lot of people, they all of a sudden went from feeling like they weren't doing something right to now they're doing something very positive. And that gave people a lot of self-confidence because prior to seeing all these other people, you may have thought you were doing something wrong because you know the world kind of made fun of you for it. But then when you saw a lot of other people like yourself, all of a sudden you said, well, maybe I'm doing something very right here. And then the minute you start getting that self-confidence about what you're doing, then you're more likely to share it with your friends and family. And then that's what happened. So as more people became comfortable, you know, being a geek or a nerd and being that publicly, they were more likely to share it with their friends and family. And that's what really, you know, spreaded the whole movement, you know, as far and wide as it, as it can go. I'm, I'm really smiling the whole time. I think what you created is really, really impressive and I think what I like the most now when you talk about it is you are right. You connected people. Yeah, of course. But also you make them feel confident about themselves, especially when you're at age, when you're a teenager, probably. And you feel like a nerd. You probably feel like a bit different because you just enjoy reading your comics and uh, escaping into your own fantasy world and into your own experience. And now you can meet all those other people from all around the world to enjoy doing the same thing, right? Yes, that was it. You know, we gave people a very common cause um, and that they felt good about cool. and uh, and it worked. That's cool. What would you say, what would be your advice for other aspiring entrepreneurs looking to enter the entertainment or pop culture industry? What do you think, what is like one key lesson you have learned during your career? Um, I think a lot of there's 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 a couple things really, um, but a lot of them are about being very open minded. Um, you know, we had some success as a byproduct of that, but the more we put other people on a pedestal, the more we celebrated other artists, and the more that we celebrated illustrators and writers, and the more we celebrated new characters and new companies, the more successful we were. And I think a lot of people, when they when they start companies, um, they think about like how they could benefit themselves. When in fact, the more they can create something that benefits others, the more success they'll have. And and that was really kind of in retrospect one of the things that worked out really well. And now, you know, I've met so many people along the way that say to me, "Well, if it wasn't for you creating that platform or giving us our first you know, exposure to the fans or doing those kind of things, we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't even be here today. So that gives me a lot of satisfaction. And that's the kind of thing that, 
the landscape of this whole entertainment industry has changed significantly over the years since you have begun starting these comedy cons and even writing your own books. What would you say, particular with the rise of digital media and streaming platforms? How have you adapted to these changes and what do you see as the future of this industry now that you've experienced the growth? We've always been in a position where we've tried to get rid of the intermediaries. You know, we want to create the direct connection between us and the fans or the artists and the fans or the companies and their fans and kind of take out the middle people that are in there uh, kind of, you know, just just kind of disrupting that direct flow. And what streaming and digital media has done is it's increased that ability to to eliminate the middle people. And that's just accelerated like crazy, right? So now all of a sudden Netflix doesn't have to release a film in movie theaters uh, where they have to convince movie theater owners that they should cut, take their films and then show it and all that other stuff. And they could just put it on their own platform and reach 100 million people or 200 million people themselves. They've cut out a lot of the middle part of the disruption to their ability to do that. And so for me, the, 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 the future of that is that it's just going to keep accelerating to the point where people themselves are, are going to have that much more of a direct connection. And we've seen it, obviously, through social media, where people can create their own content, post it on social, post it on YouTube, post it on Instagram, TikTok, whatever their choice is, and reach fans directly. You know, right now, that type of content that they're creating is based solely upon their ability to create their own content. And the same thing with, uh, right? So now what's going to happen, though, the next phase is the next area of content that's been really hard is content that's character-related or, or gaming-related. You've always needed to go through an intermediary to create an animated show or to go through an intermediary to create a game. With AI that's emerging, tools are starting to be created now where people don't need to even go through an intermediary. They might be able to create their own game or their own website or their own animated TV show. Or And that, to me, is really, really exciting. It's interesting to hear because now, as you said, the fans and the people who love to be part of this world becoming part of this world, right? Because they're not only the one who are consuming this world, they're also producing this world. I mean, you've experienced even more intensive than I did when it comes to the original comic scene, the original entertainment scene, what you used to consume, what you yeah. used to read and to experience from the entertainment industry in the 1990s, right? Everything is starting to get to the into the power of people's hands, right? We see it now. Even somebody like, you know, Elon Musk with Twitter is hosting these Twitter spaces that are generating, you know, way more, you know, listeners uh, or viewers than you would through any traditional media outlet. And it's it's having a much bigger impact, you know, on people and, and around the world uh, that you don't need to go through this traditional broadcast system that was set up. If I wanted to create my own animated show, you know, I would have to get the money and then find a, a company to produce it and then get somebody to distribute it. And it, it's such a hassle. But all of a sudden now, the tools are starting to be created that I could do it by myself. 
And, and all those things are happening now. And it's going to be very, very disruptive to all of these yeah. businesses. You know, so many people that, that haven't had access to the system are now all of a sudden going to have access to the system. And, uh, and it's going to be very disruptive. Um, and it's going to change a lot of things because we're going to start seeing something become successful that would never have gotten uh, approved you know, for mass media. And we're already seeing that. I mean, there's already so many examples of social media people that whose content is, you know, generating tens, if not hundreds of millions of views, if not billions of views that they would never be able to achieve through a traditional media outlet. That's true. And I think it can make the entertainment industry, A, maybe even more authentic, but B, also way more competitive. Now that almost everyone can be a creator, and shape their world it might also be more difficult for business people actually to monetize what they have to offer because they have to ask themselves what can i offer now to all the people out there when they can create their own worlds how do you see that that's exactly what's happening you know these big businesses you know that have built these massive walls around their businesses are are, are crumbling you know it's all about audience if you can get audience you'll win and that's why a lot of these big media companies have had to play a lot of uh, catching up to do. Take like Disney, for instance, up until they had Disney Plus, even though they had a lot of people that watched their films and bought their toys, they didn't know who they were. You know, Disney doesn't know when I go buy a ticket to a movie theater and they don't know when I buy the, the toys or action figures that I like because I buy them on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So they don't know anything about me. So now that I'm watching Disney Plus, you know, and I'm watching, you know, some of their original shows, all of a sudden they know who I am and they know what I'm watching, but they still don't know to the extent of my interest uh, in their uh, in their products. And they're learning that over time and they're learning it quickly. But a few years ago, they didn't have anything. They didn't know anything about me. And now they're starting to. You know, that's a Disney. You know, you've got a lot of other companies that are clearly not as sophisticated as Disney you know, that have no access or no understanding of who their audience is. So somebody creating original material on a, on a YouTube platform or on a social platform, you know, might know a lot more about their audience than some of these biggest media players in the world. That's true. Very interesting perspective. Thank you. I haven't thought about this this way. But yeah, so how do you think business people or people who want to start in the entertainment industry need to adapt to those changes then? Do you think it's like the most important thing is to really know your audience or? Well, if I'm in, if I'm in a business, a traditional media business, I'd be scared <laughs> out of my mind because, you know, you just can't, you're, you're not set up to adapt as fast as things are changing. You know, that's very scary for them. And they also don't necessarily have, you know, the best or the smartest or the most incredible people how to react to that right? Versus somebody who has a, a lot of self-interest, your, your whole livelihood isn't dependent, you know, on working 24-7 uh, against somebody who, you know, might work out of their house and can create anything they want using AI. And they could do it 24-7 because they get the full benefit of everything they create. All of a sudden, it's going to be very, very hard, you know, for these big media companies to compete against, uh, you know, these individuals in mass, you know, if I'm a big media company, figure out how to create a platform that no matter what happens, you could benefit from it, right? So, 
you know, that's why to me is the traditional media, internet media, you know, companies like the social media companies can be the biggest beneficiaries of this because they are the platforms where you go that once you create something to build audience. So they're going to, they're going to do very well. And then if you're an individual, it's really just paying attention to what's going on out there um, and seeing what tools are being created. And all you got to do is, you know, go to Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, you know, and just follow along in terms of what tools are being created. Uh, Cause literally every day there's yeah, something new coming scary, out right? for you to be able to, yeah, it's very scary, but exciting. it's also it's scary, but it's exciting, right? Depending on what side you're on. That's very true. May I ask you, are you using all of these platforms on a daily basis? Um, I'm using a lot of them. If I'm not uh, publishing to them, I'm certainly consuming them, right? So I'm definitely seeing what other people are doing. I'm following along, you know, with this kind of sure. stuff. For what do you use your social platforms? Is it more that you have a private Instagram account to share what you do during your holidays with your family or friends? Or do you really use it to share what you enjoy on a daily basis, to share your experience, to inspire other people? What would you say? Yeah, I, I don't use it as often as I want to or or should. I'm, I'm definitely more of a of a consumer than a than a producer. So from that standpoint, and I go through different phases. Sometimes I'm, I'm active. I've had a very blessed life, so my paintings are all about uh, optimism and 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 being very positive and optimistic out there. So. You know, that's something that I really like to share with people. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to introduce with this question, because you do share a lot of your creativity, your ideas, what you've experienced through your life, because you're also an artist, right? You have your, do you still have your own gallery in New York? Are you still exhibiting? Um, I Yeah, I, I don't have the, the gallery in New York, uh, but I have been exhibiting uh, quite often. Um, my last show was recently in, in, in LA um, at one of the art fairs there. And uh, hopefully I'll have another show before the end of the year, hopefully here in New York. So for me, uh, yeah, social media is just, you know, obviously the best way to share, um, you know, your voice. And, you know, my paintings are my voice. It's a way for me to communicate with people in a way that I can't do with words. And, you know, I've been very lucky that, you know, my art uh, represents you know, uh, how I feel about my themes and how I feel about things. And, and it's not anything that I kind of figured out on my own. It was really other people, you know, kind of teaching me or showing me, you know, what it was. But when I started painting about uh, eight years ago, um, you know, I, I had a lot to say, you know, and I figured out a really great way to say it. And, uh, you know, I didn't know that at the time, but, you know, very early on, my art really resonated with people. And it was just really fun for me to be able to connect with people that way. And, and it was only after talking to a lot of people, you know, that it kind of struck me that, um, you know, that, yeah, you know, I had a lot of life lessons. And, you know, and I, and I kind of was able to turn my, my, my personality and how I feel about things into art and and express myself in a way and it came through in the art itself and um you know so that was kind of special to to see you know and understand what i was doing more than uh what i was actually but doing would you say what is your most important message that you want to convey with your art 
Um, so I did a show once, um, and the show was called Permission. And, you know, the permission was to, uh, to give people permission to be happy. And I think we, we live in a world where um, people get so consumed with the media and the news and the negativity and all these other things that they feel bad about themselves or they don't want to appear happy because there might be a lot of other people that are struggling out there. But the reality is, is that it's okay to be happy. You know, just because you're happy, it doesn't mean that that you're causing somebody else to be sad. It's and, and just because you might have issues in your life, it doesn't mean that you have to be uh, upset or mad or, all the time. You know, you can celebrate the things that do make you happy. And I think a lot of people forget that. Um, and, you know, certainly I forget it all the time, you know, but, you know, it's almost like a reminder that, um, that it's okay to be happy and to celebrate the things that make you happy. And I think that's a, a very, very big part of my art is sharing that, that optimism and that positive uh, nature about, you know, it's, it's, it's who I am and, and wanting to be able to share that that's, with people. again, really beautiful, very impressive. I, I love what you do. I really love what you do, not only when it comes to connecting people and sharing your positivity and optimism, but also really making sure that people see that it's okay to be okay and that you should enjoy the good things in life, no matter where you're coming from, who you are, or what you enjoy to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it doesn't have to be monetary. It could be that you share a great relationship with somebody or that you have kids, you know, that appreciate you or you appreciate them, or it could be little gestures in life, or maybe you're happy with work and, or, or you belong to a, a charity organization and you're doing uh, good things for people, right? There's, there's so many things in life to celebrate that are non-monetary, um, you know, that, that make you feel good about who, yourself and, and it's okay to celebrate that stuff. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I always kind of believe that uh, sharing that optimism and that positivity and that positivity uh, will Thank go a you. long way. Would you say you're so optimistic and positive because of your great success in your career or have you always been this way? Uh, I think I've always been that way. Um, and I, I, I do attribute it to the fact that I, I, I grew up as a very happy kid. Um, I had, uh, I have three brothers and parents that loved me. Um, and I always felt, you know, safe and protected. And my parents were always very uh, encouraging to pursue my own path. As long as I was educated, you know, they were, they were very, very strict with making sure that I was well-educated, you know, and that I always did well in school. And once, because it was always the kind of thing that as long as I did well academically, It's the one thing that people can't That's ever true. take away from you. So you know, it will open up so many opportunities for you in life, you know, to, to be able to think and, 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 and be smart about things. And then, and then they didn't really care what we did. And, you know, that enabled us to pursue, you know, whether it was uh, business uh, thoughts or ideas or, or, or artistic. Um, and luckily, my dad was very artistic. 
So, you know, I can't remember a day growing up where we didn't have crayons or magic markers or paint or all those yeah, so, and I remember that those were the most fun days was being, to, to be creative and making things that are woodworking and stuff. And, um, you know, and I think that kind of creativity and the idea that there is no wrong when you make something artistically, you know, it may not be what somebody else likes, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. So, you know, being able to be creative always puts you in a position where you're making something and being creative. And I think, you know, doing that really, all those things kind of combined, you know, added to me growing up in a very positive and optimistic home. And, um, and, and now being in a position in life where, you know, that has been able to, um, you know, move into business and things like that. So um, it's just kind of a byproduct, you know, of, of growing up a certain way. Um, and then now being able to share that. That's with great. Others. Thank you really much for sharing this very personal piece of you and your life. That's, that's really cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. May I ask you, I mean, now that we have the chance to consume so much creative content from other people, because everyone is kind of producing something, would you say that our own creativity is therefore diminishing because we swap more into the consumer role instead of actually sitting down and creating our own things because we can just get inspired the whole time by other people and don't really maybe allow ourselves to sit down and use your crayons from home and start painting. Yeah, I think it's the opposite uh, where it actually helps the creativity because, you know, we, we've grown up in a world where the education system is around producing yeah. workers that aren't, that aren't, a, it's not about independent thinking or being creative. It's about very regimented things like learning things directly out of a book and spitting back facts and all those things. But now when you have a mobile phone in your pocket, you have a supercomputer. So the idea that you need to know facts are, are it's irrelevant because you can look them up at any moment in time. So so and then, you know, to me, you know, when you translate that on the creative side, you know, even when when you're on the artistic side of things, you know, if you ask a kid, you know, are you an artist? And they'd be like, no, Aww. I can't draw. And that's because they've been they've been they've been uh, they've been so accustomed to thinking that if they can't draw a house or they can't draw a person or they can't draw an animal properly, that they're not an artist. And. And then the kids don't grow up pursuing creative endeavors because from a very early age, they're, they're taught that if they're not great at that, that they're not an artist. When in fact, when you look at some of the greatest artists in the history of the world, they have more of a creativity than a, an ability to a paint perfectly, right? So... When, when, when you see an art, when you see a painting of something and it's so well created, you almost can't tell who did it because there are so many talented people that can paint perfectly. So it's the ones that have been created something very uniquely identifiable on the creativity side that have become the most successful. So whether it's, you know, uh, Picasso or Warhol or Monet or any one of them. Um, you know, when you look at any one of Keith Haring, you know, when you look at any one of, you know, these artists that have become the most successful of all time, 
Um, it really hasn't been because their ability to paint a face uh, was so better than anybody else's. It was really their interpretation of that face or their creativity uh, component to it that has created that success. And, you know, so I think in today's world, you know, when you start seeing other people being successful or being creative, um, I want, I, I, like, my hope is that it shows you that, that you could be more creative, that you don't need to paint perfectly or paint a house or paint a person perfectly for you to be an artist. You can be an artist just because you have an original take or original thought or the way you use color or the way you use design or the way you use mixed media or the way you design something, uh, you know, uh, digitally. I mean, there's so many different facets of how you can be creative that not just limited to, oh, can you paint a face (laughs) or a house perfectly or a landscape? I think it's really beautiful what you've just said. So you would say it's more important that everyone is freeing themselves from other people's expectations to focus on what makes me unique and what I can create. Yes. And build and creating and, 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 and contributing your own experiences uh, to, to a medium and, and being able to tell your story. Right. So when you look at some of the most, also, when you look at like some of the most, um, you know, successful artists of all time and by artists, you know, expanding beyond paint or illustration, uh, when you look at music or things like that, you know, it's being able to share your voice with people uh, and your voice, meaning your voice, both, you know, sounding, but also your voice in terms of words that come out of your mouth. Um, you know, so it could be writing stories and books. It could be, you know, music. Um sharing your personal voice in a way with people that can, that makes it resonate right that so everybody's got a chance you know to be successful that way look what social media has yeah. done right it's created a way for people to share their voice right and you have some of these social media stars that would never have been given an opportunity to have a tv show but yet their social channels are bigger than any network television show there is um but they would have never been given a chance because um, you know, people may not have understood or believed, you know, their voice out there. So to me, it's, um, you know, the idea that we're going into an era now, especially because of AI tools, that people are going to be able to share their voice uh, in a way that they've never been able to do before. It's going to just open up that creativity for people, you know, especially in a way that that people's creativity have been stifled in the past. Um, I think it's going to be explosive in Absolutely. the future. I remember one year ago, I started working on virtual spaces for mental health care in the metaverse, for example. And I also created art galleries for Cuban artists to showcase their art, their story, and to tell their stories in virtual spaces so that people could actually experience their art without going to a gallery physically. And this is just one of the yes. ideas that I always had in my mind when it comes to how AI can actually shape our world in future. A meeting and connecting with people from all around the world in a virtual room, whether it's for a concert, an art gallery, or a personal conversation when you meet your therapist, um, or for gaming, or even yep. creating your own world, as you mentioned. I think that's very powerful ask you what do you think what's going to be the next step in ai what do you 
expect us to experience, especially in the creative world? What do you see? What are we going to consume more and more step by step? So take somebody like me, right? Like I have a lot of ideas for stories and ideas. Uh, even though I'm a painter, it doesn't mean I'm a great artist for character designs and all that other stuff. My words into the, 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 the cadence, write a song out of it. Uh, you know, people are already creating really cool new songs written by some, you know, as if, as if uh, Eminem was writing a, new, a song and, and then using his voice, have him sing a new song that he's never written or created before, right? It's like all of a sudden people are being really super creative, you know. But I'm very curious if people actually do enjoy artificial artificially produced art or music as much as they like to listen to human art or human stories because I don't know how you feel about this but for example when I read a book or an article about something I truly enjoy reading the scary sad or happy story because I know that a human being sat down and wrote this down with their human creativity and human experience of life and used this in order to create other stories How do you feel about this? Do you think artificial intelligence and creativity can make me feel the same way? Into mid-journey and said, you know, show me images if Joe Biden and yeah. Donald Trump were best friends. Like, that's not anything that that person would be able to create via paint or coloring or anything. But through that, they were very creative in how they thought about something and then were able to execute on it. So we're going to see a lot of that. And, and, and every, look, you were laughing when I, when you, when I said it and yeah, I was, you know, I, I was laughing something. when I watched. And then the flip side is there's going to be a lot of people that when they do certain things, they're going to want mm -hmm. to know it's authentic. And I do think that a lot of, a lot of sites or content plays are going to emerge that are AI free, meaning, you know, that people are going to know Yeah. That the content was created by humans for humans and people are going to really want to support uh, that, that people are going to want to support places where they know that a computer wasn't used to, to, to be creative. And, and, uh, and they're both right. You know, they're, they're, they're both correct, you know, in what they want to do. Uh, yeah. So now we talked a lot about all the opportunities and great things about the entertainment industry. But given that you've lived in several different places in the world, worked with different teams, different people on crazy projects, do you think there's something in the entertainment industry or is there something that you don't like or that is changing right now that you're not okay with? You know, one of the big issues is ultimately using someone else's material to create your own, right? So that's always going to be a challenge. You know, people take other people's IP you know, take Spider-Man and create their own art using Spider-Man wow. and then sell that. And, you know, so, so you do see a lot of that where people are taking other people's material or art and building their careers out of that. And that to me is always, um, you know, even before AI has always been, you know, to me, you know, taking someone else's materials and then using that or, or changing it in such a way that, You think you're making it your own, but you're really trading off of someone else's work, you know, and it's not to say that uh, it, it's hard to monitor or 
you, know, you, you yourself to monitor it, you know, 24 seven, but the obvious examples. And there's another thing I think we should definitely talk about now that I've just met you in New York and you told me about your exciting work. Do you want to mention what you're actually now working on or give us a teaser? Uh, yeah. So to me, you know, the, the future is always going to be um, having some sort of platform or some forum where you can aggregate lots of people around something that they're very passionate about. You know, we've been talking a lot about uh, art and creativity, and a lot of people don't think they're very artistic or creative. And what this app does is it, it can extend, it, it's like to me the first step in, in becoming creative. In that, and it takes you back to your childhood when you were really good at coloring um, and, and using colors to fill in the lines and, and things like that. So for me, um, you know, this app is all about kind of starting your initial journey into being creative by taking art that uh, either we've created or other people that, are, that, that you respect or like and using their art as a way to start coloring and feeling uh, part of that creative process. And, and that to me is uh, very, very exciting. So that's what I'm going to be working on next. Um, you know, I just started at this company and, um, you know, and for me, it's all about being able to share that creative process with everybody that I can out there, because we are getting into a world where, where so much of the, of your work can be done by computers and, 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 and robots and systems and things like that, that the one thing that, that it, it won't replace is, is how you feel about being creative. And uh, so for me, it's, uh, it's being able to kind of take that experience and make it really easy for people. Yeah, I mean, I tried it last week when we had lunch and I have to say it kind of brought me back to my childhood, but without making me feel childish about what I'm doing, because it brought back the, the creativity right. of me redesigning and like different arts or another picture, something that I always wanted to paint. And it is super relaxing. And I really like, or I've always enjoyed painting because it makes you, or yeah, it forces you to focus on one thing for this time being. And I think this is really yeah. important. And I think we all can take something away from this. And it's even more beautiful to know that you're working on expanding this app and this tool in general you can feel like a kid without feeling like you're doing something childish and you know it does have and then because of the the kind of art that we are using you know it does make you feel good how about many people being creative. are already using your app uh, right now there's That's well over a million incredible. people a month using it so it's already a great yeah, yeah it's already an incredible platform and um, yeah, and that's why the goal is to, you know, to really build upon that and see how many more people around the world that's we can really share insane. that with. And this is also just another evidence for being a part of that creative really experience. Cool. And I'm not sure if I am allowed to spoil this. If not, then I'll cut it out. But um, I'm also very excited to see with what kind of artists you're going to cooperate when it comes to your app, like who wants to publish their art to make it accessible for other people to redesign what they've once created. So that's going to be really exciting, especially for me, because it gives me a chance to reach that's out cool. to a lot of talented artists that I've either worked with in the past or have never spoken to before. 
and create an opportunity for them to connect with their fans. Yeah, it's really impressive how good you are at bringing people together, connecting people, creating communities in different spaces. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, would you say you have, I don't know if you're allowed to say that, but would you say you have a favorite community, a favorite project you have worked on when it comes to connecting people? So for me, it's it's always been kind of the superhero side. But, but when you look at it, it's always been around art and artists and creativity and fans and community and superheroes. You're, you're a superhero in life when you could do something that other people look up to you and, 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 and really commend you for you, your ability to do something that they couldn't do. And, uh, you know, so for me, you know, just the whole concept of being a superhero or being creative um, has always been kind of at the heart of all Interesting. of it. So, What do you think, who yeah. or what is a superhero for you? Someone who's just outstandingly good at what he's doing or because he's just special in general? Come up with a, I actually have a very simple definition of a superhero and it's just someone who excels beyond their peers. Um, and that's all it is, right? So, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, you know, you can take that voice that you've been given um, and right. So like, I always use even somebody like Jay-Z as an example, right? Like he didn't grow up in any socioeconomic or background greater than the people that he grew up with. Right. And it's not like he's got the best voice in the world, but yet there's something about him that makes mm -hmm. him very super heroic. And it's the fact that he's got these lyrics that he writes that go right to your heart that, that, that really resonate with you. Um, you know, so to me, a superhero is just, you know, anybody you know, that can excel at something, you know, beyond, you know, the, the group That's that they really, grew up really with. really, really beautiful. Thank you. Last question for today, and then I'll stop stealing your time. Who is your number one superhero? Um, so for me, it was always um, my parents, uh, kind of both of them, um, you know, just seeing them be able to, you know, uh, give me that type of you know, life growing up, you know, of that kind of, you know, you know, just having surrounded by, you know, just a loving family. Um, uh, every day, I, I appreciate that more and more based on everything that you see that's going on out there. You know, and I think it's one of those things that growing up, you almost take it for granted, you know, but as I grow older in life, you know, I realize what a, what a special gift, you know, they gave me. So, um, so for me, it's always, You know, it's changed over time, but... You are probably a superhero to so many people because you created this superhero experience for so many fans out there. <laughs> and made, uh, yeah, and I think you make oh, a lot of you. feel, a lot of people feel very special who couldn't imagine feeling special at all. And I think that's very inspiring. Thank you, Garib. Thank you yeah. a lot. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. This has been really fun. <laughs> thank you really, I really much for sharing so many things about you and your experience. I think we all can learn so much from you and how you make other people feel special and that they should really have and feel and know the permission to be happy about what they have in life, no matter what. Right. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah.